let's talk about the mystical game of Effort Twister. Right. What do I mean by the mystical game of Effort Twister? Well, it's my somewhat snarky, okay, fairly snarky, um, way of addressing this idea that there's one way to achieve a thing. And it's super, super big. It's always been a big thing, right? There is a multi-billion dollar self-help industry. You all know I'm not a huge fan of it. And it's out there. And the whole idea about Effort Twister is, is this thing that I've experienced. I'm sure a bunch of you have experienced too, which is on the one side, there's one argument about how you should do the work. And on the other side, there's another argument about how to do the work. And because you haven't gotten to the place you want to get yet, and, and maybe that's for a lot of reasons, maybe it's because of definitions of that place, or, or maybe you're just fucking human and sometimes stuff gets hard, you end up contorting your body, mind, and spirit in a way that will fucking kill you trying to figure out which side of the effort twister board you need to be on at any given point in time. Now, I'm as guilty of playing Effort Twister as anybody else, right? See, for a long time in my life, I've been a kind of like just grinded out hard work guy. It's a military thing, right? I was not necessarily that guy beforehand. I used to very much write drafts with no time at all. I would set myself little deadlines and they'd be months out and I would waste time. Or I thought I was wasting time. We'll get to that in a minute. I would waste time, and then I would finally sit down and put pen to paper, and i just bang out a draft in, like, a day, two days. Um, you know, and, and I know I'm against spurt writing, but again, we'll get to this later, how that's a little different than what I learned. When I got to the military, the military does not like that shit, okay? I know, we're all really crazy, it, we're all really insanely disturbed to find out that the military expects consistent effort all the time. You'd never know from such a hippie organization Look, guys, it's the best you're going to get. The election's taken its toll on me, too. Um, so the military had me like, establish this work ethic, and I went to grad school and everything else. I didn't go to creative writing grad school. I actually went to grad school for, for business and for leaderships, uh, development, science. So like that was a very different kind of degree, and it was the 20-mile march to get through all that shit. So it developed this thing in me. So when I got out and I finally got through this like crazy whirlwind that was me exiting the military, working in tech for a minute, working in life insurance, wanting to die, and then coming out the other side going, okay, there's got to be something different. In that whole little tropical storm, Matt, we got to a place where I didn't know how to do what I was doing. So I just did something that, that met up to that work ethic I got in the military. You've all heard the blog, the thing, every day I wrote. And that, that was what I did because that was what I understood, right? That was what I understood as effort. I understood effort as the thing you do a little bit every day because it had worked in every other facet of my life up to that point because I really hadn't been writing as much anymore. I had kind of walked away for a long time. And then I got to this other place, crazy as this seems, where I was trying to figure out how the hell, like, this didn't seem to work, right? I didn't, I had an idea for a novel or a couple other things. I mean, really, here's the reality. The reality is I had no full-formed idea at all. But I was deluding myself that I did, as lots of us are. This is usually where the game of Effort Twister begins. Effort Twister usually starts by us sitting there going, Oh, man, I've got this idea. How am I ever going to make it a reality? And here's the bitch. We're lying to ourselves. We don't have a big idea. We have a vague or faint notion. 
we want it to be the master plan. We build some giant image off of that faint notion, and then we go, shit, how do I get to it? How do I get to the faint notion and its promises of eternal success that are clearly mine? That, that's where Effort Twister begins. And this is when the two sides of Effort Twister start playing with your body and contorting it into all kinds of pretzel-like balloon animal fucking shapes. On the one hand, you have the grinders, right? These are the guys, and, and especially these guys come out of entrepreneurship communities, and this is the Shark Tank thing and everything else. And I'm going to be honest, in some aspects of life, this works, Right, truthfully, and the reason that people believe in this is because sometimes this works. For some people, walking, sitting down, and going and going and going and just grinding it out, that's how they do it. I've known these guys. I've known a lot of these guys. I'm not one of them, but I've known them. They sit down and they grind for just hours, and that they, they, that's how they do it. That's the only way they can see this work and this effort. That, that's it. That's the thing. I get it. Works for them. Now, on the other side of these wondrously machine-like, mechanical people, and I mean seriously, mechanical people, they can just, I mean, these guys are engines of destruction. It's amazing. They get up and they just produce. And if you run a business, you probably love these guys because they get up and they just produce. They do not whine, piss, and moan. They're amazing. On the other side, you have this other group, right? This is the group of the four-hour work week, right? This is the guys that tell you, I don't want to see your grind board. And they brag about how few hours they work. Couple words of caution on these guys. One, let's go ahead and give credit to them just like the grinders, okay? Just like the grinders. Actually, hold on. Let's do two words of caution on the grinders. One, it works for them. Sure, that's great. Two, uh, if it's not what you want to do, you will kill yourself trying to do it and beat yourself up emotionally trying to achieve something that's just not you. And three, it can kind of lead you to just doing dumb stuff for the sake of doing dumb stuff, which is fine, but sometimes you need to pause and take a walk to figure things out. All right, cool. Back to the regular flow of things. So on these four-hour work week, I work less, make more, I'm awesome kind of guys. This does work in some fields. It really does. Like, if you do investments, this is kind of how you have to work, right? But here's the thing I'm going to caution you about. While this does work for some people, here's the one thing I'm going to caution you about. Well, a couple things. Here's one. One, some of these people, not all of them, but some of them, are chronically full of shit, okay? Because they start when you start playing this game of I only work this many hours, you start having to validate what constitutes an hour of work. Right? And so you start splitting hairs over, well, this isn't work, but this is work. So in the end, you think of their day as they actually work like 10 hours, but they tell you they work four in a week because it makes you feel really good. And it's it's all about selling a lifestyle, guys. That's what it is. The product is the lifestyle, and the lifestyle is, look, you can work this many hours a week and you can be fine. I will tell you, if you plan on writing a novel and you're going to do it on four hours of work a week, you're going to find that's going to be tough. It's already a long process. Four hours a week is probably going to make it longer. It's not 100%, but it probably will. So that's one part of the warning on this. The second part of the warning on these guys, again, very similar to the warning on the grinders, 
That sounds awesome, by the way. If, if any of you are, are making, like, internal grinder jokes right now on that, by all means do, and meme the shit out of it. But these guys that are just, like, just, like, fucking work until you die camp, we have to change it now, because I've been calling them grinders for eight minutes. Uh, the, I'm not changing it, I don't care. This is, this is randomly, like, like, candid, so I'm not going back and editing that out. We're keeping it. Grinders. Um... Not to be confused with the other grinders who have completely varied and different work ethics that work for them and are surely happy. Uh, but but the the work to death guys and this like life is a high life is a vacation and I'm just enjoying the experience and contentment, man. Guys, like they both have the same fundamental problem. For you, if you're trying to apply them and you're not successfully applying them because you think that they're templates, okay? This does not mean these things don't work for people. What the problem I have with the self-help industry is not that they're trying to show you ideas. It's that they're trying to sell you templates, right? They're trying to sell you templates. You can do this. Just do this and it'll be awesome. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't always work that way, right? And when you can't meet a template for either side here, what happens? You lose your shit. Can't figure out how to work only four hours a week, so you start figuring out a rigid, militarized routine, and you become a Spartan. We're going to call them Spartans right now. Which is also oddly appropriate to the grinder comment earlier, and if you don't get that joke, you should read a book. Um, so that's that's the deal, right? Like, you have these Spartans, and you go over there, because you go, well, I couldn't do it in four hours a week, so I'll do there. Now you have this rigid schedule, and you sit down, you're going to write 4,000 words, 5,000 words every day in two hours, and you try, and you keep it up for a couple days, and then it breaks down. You have a day you don't feel particularly good. You got a day you're stuck. The writer's blocks hit really hard. The the like creative blocks to your mind hit really hard. You can't get through it. And next thing you know, you're back over going, well, maybe I just need to take some time and step back. And the whole time, you're spinning around this twister board trying to get right hand yellow, left foot blue, brown, right right hand back to yellow, you know, left hand to the brown hole up your ass. Because that's where this is leading you. You're crawling into your own ass. Right? I, I watch it. And I, I had to catch myself with it this time because it started to get with me again today. Like, I had to watch it. I had to watch myself. Guys, here's the deal. If you're listening to me, if you're doing this kind of work, you just have to love what you do. Okay, that's it. Like, like, And you have to love how you do it. So I said I was going to get back to that time about college, and I am. See, I thought I was fucking around for four weeks. I would set a one-month deadline, and then I'd write it in the last 48 hours, and I thought that I was fucking around. I did. I genuinely thought I was fucking around. I wasn't. See, as I look back on it, I now realize what I was doing, what I wasn't giving myself credit for doing because I didn't look like the writer next to me. Don't compare yourself to other writers. Don't compare yourself to other creators. For that matter, don't compare yourself to other people. It's a losing fucking battle. So I was actually thinking through stuff. I was taking time. All those naps, all those books I was reading, all that contemplative thought, all those random noodles on notepads all led up to the draft that got done. The problem I had for the longest time getting anything produced was that I had would try to box myself into these rigid like formats like so and so successful I should do what they do and so and so successful I should do what they do. Now I know guys who, who successful writers who talk about how they wrote in public and I can't. I'm going to tell you right now I cannot write in a public place. It drives me up the wall. I can't do it. I mean I can go out and take some notes and come up with some ideas but if I'm really going to sit down and pound out a draft I can't do it in a coffee house. I will murder somebody. 
right? You have to learn that the naps and the walks outside and the 3 a.m. cigarettes and the cussing at the wall and the running to the bathroom to cry and the saying, fuck it, I'm taking a day off and the five-hour binge writing session and the 30 minutes of staring at the page going, what the hell am I doing? And the days, the Mondays and Tuesdays when you tell your, your significant other, your parents, this is awesome, it's great, it's the best thing I've ever written, that then by Thursday turn into I want to kill myself and by Friday I'm a waste and I'm just throwing it the fuck away to be revisited visited Monday by how awesome it is, you have to remember that all those little things, every yell and cry and tear and rend and scream and, and just like throwing notebooks around, all this stuff is the process. Digest that, right? In a world of essentialism, eliminate the processes, do everything super streamlined, be efficient with every stroke. Guys, your process is all that shit. Me, running around and sitting in coffee houses and just randomly, quietly thinking for hours in college was how I was learning to write dialogue for plays. It was how I was envisioning things. It was letting my mind marinate. Because I'm a person that believes you have to at least partially write from your unconscious mind. And you don't do that shit trying to regiment it because your unconscious mind is this really nifty thing that doesn't care what you think it should be doing. Right? So if you need to tap into that part of your mind, you just have to like get into a thing. And, and please don't start with this state of flow, state of this, state of that bullshit. Okay? Just find what you want to do. There's the message, right? And this is a message I had to remind myself of today. Like I was getting ready to sit down for my writing time and I was like, okay. So, and I suddenly found myself in the effort twister. But I'm old enough and I'm experienced enough that when I saw it, I went, hang on, step back. And I put all my writing shit away and I went outside and I took a walk. Then I had a phone call with a friend, and then I came back and sat out. And I did all of that because this game of effort twister doesn't lead to anything. It just leads to you debating whether this is right or that is right, or this is good or that is good or that's bad, this bad, I don't know. And you never get anything done anyway. You don't. Truth. You never get anything done. And then you hate what you do. And if you hate what you do enough, you'll throw it away and never do it again. I've come close. I've thrown it in the closet several times. I've been like, screw it, I'm not going to write anymore. Packed it up in boxes, walked away. And came back, thank God. But how many of those chances do you really want to take? Right, here's what I'm going to tell you. Because this is something true that comes out of the, 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 this isn't even a thing that comes out of the self-help movement. This is just a truth of human re human existence, right? You're going to die. Right. And, and the reason I say that this doesn't come out of the self-help movement, self-help movement tries to put all kinds of variant bullshit on this. But let me go ahead and hit you with the real truth here that some self-help people do. I feel like I have to caveat a lot of this shit because I don't want to generalize a profession, but it's an easy one to generalize in a lot of ways. Look, you're going to die. You're going to die. I don't care if you eat keto. I don't care if you eat the, the, the Neanderthal diet. I don't care if you eat the T-Rex diet. If you eat the fucking plankton diet. If you work out nine hours a day, ten hours a day, one hour a day, no hours a day. It doesn't matter. You're all food for worms. I don't care how much you try to do it, man. You are maggot chow. 
Like you are, and you have no idea when that's going to come, right? Jim Fix, jogging guy, was awesome, really big into jogging, jogged all the time, drop dead win while jogging. Right? You have no idea when it's going to happen. Like COVID should have taught us this shit, and it really didn't. You have no idea when it's going to happen. So you, and the thing that you're doing in your life, you actually, of this really radical, I'm going to present you a really radical self-help idea. Here it comes. You should be happy with the fucking life you're living. Look, I'm a clinical depressive, so don't don't worry. I'm not up here thinking that I can blow fairy dust up your ass. Some days are just hard. Some days are just tough. They're just rough. But this fucking effort twister, this trying to create the perfect career, this trying to be the perfect writer or the perfect artist or the perfect this or the perfect that, it will kill you as surely as a bullet. The difference is you'll die without ever doing that thing you wanted to do. Look, I did work on my novel today. I worked in my process. That walk was great. It reinvigorated me. I thought some stuff. I started taking some notes down. We're back into it. We're here in the rhythm again, right? I may die tonight. But at least I know that the stuff I put, the words I put on paper, I was happy when I did it. Right? Everyone's competing too big to be the big guy, the big person, the, the one in front of everybody, the super successful, because we're all trying to redefine this whole success bullshit. And if you just redefine success as being happy getting up in the morning and going through life and doing things that make you happy, then success becomes super easy to acquire. You don't need a billion dollars. You don't need the perfect body. You don't need to be the smartest or the dumbest person in the room. You need to find some general level of contentment, specifically with the things that you do. If you're not content, you need to go find other ways to do them. This does not require weeks and weeks of guru time to figure out. Tough love, everybody. Here it is. And I say that, and I get fired up, not because of you, but because I think about what I go through, and I think about the voices I listened to that got me to where I was with that for so long. And I think about some people I know are listening to this who are struggling with the same shit, and it bothers me. Right? You are going to die, so be happy with the life that you lived. No such thing as a perfect one. No one can tell you how to make a perfect one. That's it. Be happy with the life that you live. Whether that means you're a good mom or a good dad or the best waffle maker ever, or a great writer or a shit writer or a writer who will never be appreciated and realized in their lifetime and you can join that long and illustrious tradition of underappreciated artists and writers. You should enjoy the trip to doing it because, man, if you're waking up every day stressed and going, I got to crank this out and I got to promote this book and I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do the other, and you're having a heart attack, then my ass without a completed novel just in the middle of working line is having a way better time of this shit than you are. And that, to me, is infinitely more successful because that's how I redefine success. So this was a lot, right? We covered a ton. Let's try to distill it down in like 30 seconds. Stop playing effort twister. Let go of the mystical cures. Just have fun, man. I hope you're having fun. I'm having a blast. This November working and, and, and learning more about my process and digging deep and diving deep into what I'm doing and understanding myself as a writer more because I'm giving myself the space and the room to do that. God, I'm having a good time. And I hope you are too. Have fun. There's success, being happy. And people who tell you happiness is fleeting and I have a better idea, fuck them. Be happy.
Yes, happiness is fleeting. So is life. There you go. There's your witty repartee, right? Happiness is fleeting. Life is too. 100 years. If you live 100 years, which is an enormous lifetime for a human being, you are but a blink of an eye. Not even a blink of an eye. You are the start of the quiver of an eyelash for a nanosecond on the blink of an eye in the history of Earth. Happiness is fleeting. So is life. Deal. Blow your stoic bullshit up somebody else's ass, guys. You can take it the same place you take the magic sparkle dust. Blow it up someone else's ass. Just be happy. Do your work and be happy. I'm having a great time. I hope you guys are too. Everybody out there doing the NaNoWriMo thing, trying to write a novel in a month. I hope you're killing it. I hope you're having a good time with it. You know, I hope you're you're learning some stuff and just telling a fun story and really loving your work. Anybody doing anything right now, I hope you're loving your work. If you're making a change, I hope you're loving the change. And if you're not, take a minute and find out what you would... Just sit down and think what would make you happy for a minute. Not what would make you happy in the long run. Not, oh, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be Mark Cuban and shit. No, just what would make you happy for a minute. And start there. Redefine what success is, man. We're bad at that in America. We really are. And that's it. That's it for this week, guys. Yep, that's about it. I think I let all that out. So <laughs> until next week, I'm I'm Matt, you know, a working writer, and this has been a, another confession. I'll talk to you soon.